You're listening to the Ideal Life Club podcast, episode 7. Welcome to the Ideal Life Club podcast, where it's all about fast-tracking your ideal life. Join your host, life coach, and author of The Happiness Habits Transformation, Michelle Reeves, for inspiration and practical tips to finally claim success on your terms with clarity, confidence, and the courage to unleash your passion on the world. Hey there, I'm Michelle Reeves and welcome back to the Ideal Life Club podcast. One of my goals for this podcast is to share real life stories of women who have overcome challenges to live their ideal life or help others to do just that. They may not be film stars or celebrities, but they've become the heroine in their own life story, living their dreams and empowering others while staying true to themselves. My aim with these interviews is to inspire you to find your passion, step out into your power, set yourself exciting goals and know that you have the strength inside you to overcome your challenges and start living your ideal life. Today I'm joined by Dr. Rosie Knowles. Rosie is a practicing GP, author, speaker, mum of two and founder of the Sheffield Sling Surgery and Library. Her business grew from her passion for educating parents about the benefits of baby wearing and now she lectures on the topic as well as maintaining her doctor's practice. Rosie is also deaf and in this candid interview she talks about both the physical challenges she faced setting up her fledgling business and the difficulties she had combining all her various roles in life. Rosie shares her top tips for getting going when things get tough, how the right mindset helped her overcome those challenges, the telltale signs you've got your work-life balance wrong, and the importance of not trying to do everything yourself. I really hope you enjoy this inspiring conversation between Rosie and I. So welcome to the show, Rosie. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the Ideal Life club podcast today. Well thank you for having me Michelle, I'm excited to be here. Uh, So am I, I'm super excited to have you here because your story is so inspiring and I can't wait to share it with our listeners. Um, I know that your real passion is helping parents and children to connect and thrive and you do that in a very particular way Um, but what I'm interested in is you may be telling us a bit about your background how you came to start a business because you're actually a GP I am I'm still a GP well this never really started out as a business it all began when my little boy was quite a high needs baby this is 10 years ago um, and he just wanted to be held all the time. And I found that really quite difficult because, you know, I, I have other things to do. You know, I have normal mother thing to be getting on with. I have a life to live. And then, of course, my little boy just didn't want to be put down. And one of my friends came around with a baby carrier one day and I thought, oh, this could be really helpful because the baby carrier would allow him to be close to me and I would be able to see his face and we'd be close to each other so I would be able to understand what he was trying to tell me with his body movements and his facial expressions and it would just mean that we could just be in connection with each other. So I tried the baby carrier and it actually made everything much, much easier for me. 
And I started going out of the house with it and learning all the different things that I could do with it. And people would start coming up to me in the local park saying, oh, that's really interesting. Where did you get that? Where can I get one? And little bit by little bit, I just met more and more people until there was a small group of us who were just really enjoying the close contact we were having with our babies and how helpful it was for us and how much freedom it gave us to actually get out and to do things while our babies were close to us. And um, we were kept being asked by so many people about how they could try the themselves and we thought well actually maybe we need to do this in a slightly more organised way. So there was a group of us who just started going to the local parks and the local street festivals with our babies in baby carriers, specifically so that other mothers and fathers could come and ask us questions about what we were doing well. And um, it got bigger and bigger and bigger until we were at the point where we were having people say, when are you going to be in the park so I can come and talk to you about your career? And we loved it. It was just so encouraging to see other people's lives being impacted the way ours had been. And all these people building relationships with their children and feeling so encouraged, how their moods felt better, how they felt more confident, how to just save them, baby wearing safe them. So we thought, well, actually, um, maybe we need to make this more of a formal service for a wider group of people. Um, and so we actually started uh, collecting carriers that we could then lend to other people so they could actually take them home, try them out with their children and then bring them back. Um, and that worked really well because it gave people a chance to actually try them at home and see the impact for themselves. So... Um, but this rap rapidly grew bigger and bigger until I was lugging maybe two or three suitcases of carriers around. Um, and um, eventually we thought, well, actually we need some more resources to be able to make this a sustainable and useful model. So we actually started um, arranging to borrow church halls uh, or even theatres so that we could have a fixed point where families could come and get some help. And we would rent out the carriers for a small fee, and just like hiring a car, but far less expensive. And people would then take the carriers away, bring them back and say, we've loved it, thank you so much, I'm going to go get my own. And the money from that allowed us to uh, rent more places, buy more carriers so that we had more resources. After a while, it became fairly obvious that um, we needed to arrange some kind of safety training for all of us involved in this because quite a lot of the people who were coming to see us then went home and told their own friends but of course they hadn't had the same level of knowledge and experience that the rest of us had so I started training people in baby basic safety how to keep a baby safe in a carrier to know all about their airways how to keep their hips comfortable um, and then that actually gave a big boost to everything because now we had a reputation for being informed and well educated and trained so um, that just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And people would then start saying to us, I really love this sling, can I actually keep it? And of course we'd have to say, well, no, because if you keep it, somebody else can't use it. And they said, well, can I just not buy one? Almost exactly the same. It's really difficult to go and look on a website and I just don't know if it's going to feel exactly the same as the one I've just had. So that's where the shop got started because we realised that actually people just wanted the follow through of the same carrier, exactly the same fit, the trust and the confidence they had that they could then reproduce with the same thing when they went home. So we started selling baby carriers of various different types from our home. Um, we had a special group called Fourth Trimester 
with the next thing to start, which was a special group for new mums and dads in the first three or four months after birth, where they would come and open my home for this. We even knocked down a wall in the middle of the house to be able to make enough space for all the people who were coming. And so they'd be given a hot cup of tea, um, some information about what was normal for baby behaviour, normal sleep, what is, why is my baby crying, how can I care for my child, fourth trimester services. And quite often people would come to the fourth trimester services and leave with the carrier and come back with the toddler and a new baby a couple of years later. And we started running out of space at home because of the carriers we were selling. And so we actually thought, well, we really need to see if we can actually maybe take a big leap of faith. Should we actually maybe have a permanent home for the Sling Library and for the shop? So we did that. So we um, found a space in the city centre and opened a community centre where we ran the Sling Library and all the services from it, and then a small family retail business right next door, and it's still running to this day. And that's wonderful, isn't it? I love how your business, which is in Sheffield, I know, I love how it's grown organically. Um, so rather than you setting out to have a sling business or a baby carrying business, Effectively, it, it grew out of a need in the community, a need that you recognised, a need that actually you had direct experience of. And I know I've had that experience myself because I baby carried both my children. Um, my daughter was premature, so I found it very helpful to carry her um, in, a, in, in actually I, I did wrap slings and also I used an ergo uh, baby carrier um, and I found that it was a fantastic way to, f to comfort her when she was crying and to allow me to also do like you say the things that I needed to do as you know uh, for, for myself and um, to kind of get chores done and um, but at the same time maintain that closeness so I love that you recognize that need and actually I know that you have a you know a real passion and obviously quite a drive and a purpose for that what but as a GP and also as a mother yourself clearly there's been lots of challenges that you've had to overcome can you talk us through some of those challenges and how you managed to overcome them as the business was growing well being a GP is something that I really love because I just enjoy being with people and it's all about relationships and communication being a GP and I didn't want to give that up also because it's the job that pays all the bills in our household one of the main challenges was finding the time to do all of this um, because you know being a GP is a pretty full-on job and of course you know with the rapidly growing um, idea that we had as you say it never meant to be a business it was just something that grew and it developed by itself um i would often find myself uh, working late into the night dealing with all the emails and the queries and the messages from people not going to bed until midnight one o'clock in the morning night after night and it was really hard work um and then my husband could see how much i was struggling to get enough sleep at night so he he was still working at the time and he thought well actually this is something that's clearly really important to those and is clearly having a major impact on many of the other families around that we need some more help so again that was another bit of a leap of faith that we took that he actually gave up his job to actually come and support me in this business that seemed to be growing up around us um, and so he then started taking on a lot of the 
our admin stuff, you know, the email and the filling out of form, doing uh, coping with the website and everything like that. And that was really helpful because that gave me a bit more freedom to actually get on with a lot of the other stuff that's been really important with building um, the business up. Because while it always started off as being a very local service about helping mothers and their babies and the whole family to thrive, it's not just about helping people in Sheffield, we've had an impact far further afield because people would often need a bit more information and I kept thinking I need to write down all the stuff that I'm saying in some kind of readable format. So that's when I started blogging and writing about all of this. So because he was doing a lot of the admin, I then had the you know, if I believe that relationship between children and their parents are important, I have to make sure that happens with my own children as well. And that again was another thing that my husband was doing great at because he has always been the glue that held the family together. He's taken on so much of the, the mental load of running a family, thinking about the food shopping, the cooking, the school run, which means that I can actually spend the little spare time that I have being a mother to my children. Um, which has been really important for all of us. So again, having a really understanding and a supportive partner who actually understands what you do and why you do it, as opposed to just like a pat on the head, oh, it's your little hobby. He's fully invested in what we do and because he's seen the effect that it has and how good it is for other people, he believes it in it himself. And that motivates him as well. Um, so that's also been a really important part of being able to cope. The other thing that's um, been a real challenge is death. So I can't use a phone. And um, I mean, I've always found that quite a challenge throughout everything, really. I mean, at university, it was difficult to manage lectures and everything because if I, I have to lip read, if I'm not close enough to people, I can't see what they're saying. And um, so we've always been quite good at finding creative solutions around this sort of thing, um, having somebody else to make notes for me or finding, um, being very good at emailing and just being really good at answering messages so that you can almost have like a phone conversation over a couple of hours through email. Um, and so actually not being able to use a phone hasn't been that difficult. And actually at a GP, everybody was really worried that it wouldn't be practical or possible. But I think everything is practical or possible if you have the right kind of attitude and a real willingness to make it work. And so with my GP practice, I'm really, I have a very good relationship with the reception team and the nurse, nursing staff. They will help me make those phone calls that I need to. So we, three of us, was, two of us will stand around the phone with the third person on the other end and we'll have a three-way conversation to be able to make referrals, talk to patients and their families. Um, and actually it works better because there's more than one person listening to the conversation. So misunderstanding can be easily corrected at the time. Um, and actually it's not been a problem at all. Most, most people will have maybe um, uh, challenges regarding how to set up a business, how to run a business. Um, you've got that third dimension challenge, obviously yeah. being deaf, but unbelievable drive and passion which has obviously helped you to overcome you know all those challenges that you have and obviously you have a very supportive husband which is fantastic as well anybody that's listening to this podcast now and you know is being in, feeling inspired by what you've done and how you how this business has grown organically what and maybe you know they might have their own physical challenges or mindset challenges or just fear of getting started 
what advice would you give to people um, about kind of going out there and just making it happen? Okay, well, I think one of the most important things is to have a real understanding of why you are doing what you're doing and why it really matters. The better you know your subject, uh, the more you're aware of the impact it can have on other people, the more that's going to motivate you to keep going when it feels really tough, when you feel like you haven't got anything left to give. So actually being aware of what you have achieved it's also really helpful because when you think you've run out of energy, I could look back and say, I've spoken to so many mothers whose mental health is better because of the relationship I've helped them build with their babies. And I can look back and I can say, I've helped all these fathers to feel more connected to their children because of what we've done. And having that to remember drives you forward even when you haven't got anything left to give. Something else that's really important is to make sure you have supportive people around you. People who will say, you need to take a rest, otherwise you're going to burn out. That's been my husband, but it's also been my parents and quite a lot of some of the friends I've built up over the years. You need to believe that you can do it. Um, and that have a strong sense that hurdles are for jumping. And if you can't get over that particular hurdle, there'll be a way around it. Because well, I don't really believe that you can say if you want something hard enough, it will happen. But more that if you want something hard enough, you can make it happen. Uh, so being creative about alternative solutions to a problem um, or just trying to think that, OK, so nobody's done it this way before. That doesn't mean I can't do it that way. And just, I think, just looking back and reminding yourself just how far you have come to keep you going for the future. I think that's wonderful advice. And I love how you spoke to the importance of having a personal support community, because certainly um, in, in the Ideal Life Club, um, in the Facebook group, we do try and create that community feel for people that are maybe working on their own, isolated trying to run their businesses, feeling like they don't have, um, you know, people around them that they can call to. So I love that you spoke to that. Um, Rosie, I'm really interested. You're obviously very driven, but who inspires you? Actually, I think it's the families that I meet just because they all have such wonderful stories to share. Um, and they all have the same drive and commitment to do the best they possibly can for their children and I recognise that in myself, so I'm kind of really just doing what they're doing, but on a bigger scale. So I'm just inspired by all the women I've met who struggled with anxiety or postnatal depression or unwell children, who somehow found the strength just to keep going because of the love they have. I do feel very inspired by people I work with, so that's wonderful that you, you do that too. And I just wanted to touch... Um, briefly on um, you know how you you've got so much going on in your life and your business as a GP business owner mother how do you make time to focus on your needs I know that you have struggled in the past with um, you know making sure that you don't take on too much and maybe you know it's very easy you know as, as women we do have a natural tendency to say yes to a lot more than perhaps we should um, so how do you make sure that you focus on your self-care as well as the care of everyone around you? 
that's a good question because I don't think I've necessarily got the perfect answer to that. Um, I am a workaholic. I do tend to say yes to too many things. And it's taken me quite a few years of practice to be able to say, actually, if I'm stretched too thin, I will do things less well. Identifying what my particular key strengths are and recognising what other people can do and using other people's skills to their best effect so that I can focus on what I in particular can do best myself and nobody else can do and being able to sort of split things down into that kind of category is this something I have to do that I have to be done right now or can somebody else do it it's taken me quite a bit of practice to learn how to let go of stuff but actually that's been really important um, partly because it gives other people the confidence that they can do things themselves which builds their own self-confidence. That's actually one of the things I like about our business is how it's actually helped so many uh, families too who come to join our team to develop their own self-confidence and to be able to work for us in that kind of supportive community themselves. So I think that's been really important. Um, and they feel they've got my trust, which makes them feel more confident in themselves. And then, of course, they're more keen to do well because I've trusted them. Um, I also love reading. And I try really hard to make sure I read at least a book a month. I will quite often stay up quite late at night. Um, but instead of doing emails and admin, and I stay up quite late at night reading or, or watching something on my phone. And that just gives me a chance for my brain to switch off. Um, I also try really hard not to work on Sundays. So the four of us get to proper family day together on a Sunday without any work at all. That's really important. Yeah, I completely agree with that because, and I've talked about this in the Ideal Life Club and also with some of our previous interviewees, how easy it is as um, a small business or as a business owner to work 24-7 effectively. Even mm -hmm. if you're not working um, in the business, you can be working on the business in your mind and it's okay. very difficult often to switch off, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, I've actually found things like there's an app that I use called Asana, which is a project management tool that's been really helpful. Um, and I do have a good memory and I can usually remember all the things that I need to do. But what you've just said about never being able to switch off, you're constantly thinking to yourself, I've got to do that. You must remember to do that. And if you can put it down safely somewhere, you can then let that thought go. And actually having things down in a list, you can then delegate tasks to other people. And I can look at things and decide, do I have to do that right now? Or can I go and have a bath? I'll go and have a bath because I'd yes. be better able to work if I'm relaxed and clean and content. So actually using the various tools around to keep on top of everything is really important. In the early days, I would often have sleepless nights worrying about all of it, just how much there was to do and how little I felt we were really succeeding and achieving. Um, that wasn't good for my health. I lost quite a bit of weight actually halfway through all of this, just because I was under so much stress. Um, and I wouldn't advise that to anybody. I think if you're not sleeping and losing weight, you've got the balance very wrong and something needs to go. And you'll be actually better at running your business if you are looking after yourself. And I can yes. say that from a perspective as well, chronic stress is not good for anybody. 
And that's wonderful to have your GP perspective on that as well, because I know um, very much in, in, our, in our community, in the Ideal Life Club, we very strongly believe that um, one of our beliefs actually in our manifesto is that we commit to giving ourselves the gift of me time and self-care every single day with our actions and our thoughts. And we feel it's important to put our oxygen mask on first because it's only through that that you can then give out to everybody else. So it's very important, we believe. And I'm glad that you've, you, you support that too, to, to kind of fill up our own cup effectively before Absolutely. we try pouring out. So that, that's wonderful. That's the image you say about filling up your cup. We talk about this quite a bit, actually, in one of the books from the mental health groups. It's that if you imagine a cup and it's three quarters full of work, stress, all the things that you've got to do, and then all your children need to take up another quarter. You've got a tiny sliver of space at the top, and then when something happens, like a child becomes unwell, or something goes wrong, or you have an unhappy customer, everything is just going to overflow. So you have to work hard on keeping plenty of space in that cup by removing as much of the stress and giving the work to somebody else so that you have the capacity for life to happen around you. Yeah, I love that. And it's so true, isn't it? It's often whenever we're at our busiest that something else comes along to tip us over the edge. And as business owners, you know, it's always busy, isn't it? So um, I love that tip that you've got to make sure that you've got some space at the top of your cup to allow for those inevitable challenges that are going to come along. Um, Rosie, I'd love to know, obviously, you've got your business, you've got your book, Why Baby Wearing Matters. I know that you're doing speaking. What's exciting you most about your work and your business in 2019? Well, one of the most exciting things is that I know there's been quite a lot going on in understanding and trying to make changes in the importance of mother's mental health and infant mental health. And this has been something that's been quite neglected badly over the last few years. I firmly believe that mothers and their children are the change makers of society. We have to nourish them properly and give them the best opportunities to develop happy brains for children, uh, confident motherhood for women because these are going to be how our society develops in the future. So I'm very excited that there are all sorts of conferences happening this year. The Association for Infant Mental Health, for example, lots of work going on in Scotland about becoming trauma-informed and the effect of difficulties um, on children's brains and how they develop. Everything is all just starting to come together and recognising how important it is to give children and their mothers a really fantastic start together. It will save so much difficulty and so much ill health in the future. And that's what excites me to be part of that kind of movement. That's fantastic. And I completely agree with you. Having been through postnatal depression myself and come out the other side and knowing how important it is to, to have that support um, for mothers and, and for, for children, um, happy and, and well mental health from a mental health point of view, having um, well mothers and happy mothers means well and happy children. Um, so I completely agree with you on that. 
Rosie, it's been absolutely fantastic having you on the show today. Um, if our listeners are inspired by your story, which I know that they will be, if they're interested in finding out more about what you do and how to find out more about baby wearing or where they can find your book, how can they connect with you? Well, I have a website. It's called carryingmatters.co.uk. That explains pretty much everything you need to know about me. I have a LinkedIn profile as well, so you can find me on there. And I'm always happy to answer emails or talk to people in person. Just get in touch. That's fantastic. Thank you so much again, Rosie. I can't wait to get the feedback from people listening to today's show because I think it's been so inspiring. It's been my pleasure. I just loved chatting to Rosie and I hope you enjoyed that interview too. Don't forget that you can find all the links that Rosie and I mentioned in the show notes for this episode over at michellereevescoaching.com forward slash listen. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know your time is valuable and I really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. Before I go, I would love you to join us in the Ideal Life Club Facebook community, a supportive space I've created on Facebook for ambitious women who want to grow themselves as well as their business. To find out more and join us, head over to michellereevescoaching.com forward slash Ideal Life Club. And finally, if you liked this episode, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review on iTunes so that more amazing women get to hear the podcast. In the meantime, until next week, be positive, be powerful, be productive, and keep fast-tracking your ideal life. Bye for now. Yeah.